This is the Westbrook Community Church Sermon Series. Sunday, September 24, 2023. Heartbeat, Growing in Christ. Pastor Kevin speaks to us about creating the best environment around us to grow in our relationship with Christ. I'd encourage you to sign up for that. that. That'll be a good class. Today's also a special day because we have a, a special visitor with us. We have uh, Patty. Uh, she's the director of, uh, of Bountiful Basket. And she's uh, Bountiful Basket is where we gave all the produce that we grew in our garden. And so uh, I'm excited about Patty Sinekin being here. And uh, so Patty, why don't you come up now? And, uh, and we are excited to hear about uh, Bountiful Basket and about uh, your ministry. So glad you're here. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about uh, Bountiful Basket and, and what that does. Thank you. Uh, well, thank you for having me and thank you for all your support. Uh, Bountiful Basket Food Shelf, we are here located in Chaska. We've been here for 15 years now. And actually, we've been in Chaska for 15 years, and in July, we actually opened up a second location in Cologne. So we're now operating two locations. Um, it was volunteer-driven for about 14 years, and then a little over a year ago, the hair, the first staff, the first executive director, and that's when I came on board. Yeah, um, and that's you. That is me. All right. <laughs> um, and we've, uh, a lot of changes happened over the last year, and, and I said this before, um, you know, we really put a focus on health and nutrition, and so to use this analogy is kind of odd, but I feel like for the first 14 years, we had a really well-baked cake, and over the last year, we've really put the frosting on the cake. Uh -huh. um, we transformed our food shelf into what you call a super shelf, which is a program that was put together by University of Minnesota Extension and Health Partners and some other organizations that transform a food shelf into really making it the most welcoming, open, dignified experience possible. Um, the walls are bright, it's cheery, there's fresh produce, you know, photos on the wall. Um, but, in our, but the way we categorize foods into the major food categories makes it easy to choose the foods that's right for you, for your family, your cultural needs, your dietary needs. Um, and it puts a focus on health and nutrition. And that's really where Westbrook Community Church came into play as well. Um, for each of the sections that somebody in a family shops through, we have, you know, like if you're a family of three, you can take 10 cans of protein or, um, you know, one gallon of milk or whatever it might be. But the one thing that we do our very best on to make unlimited and take whatever you need is the fresh produce. Mm -hmm. um, and it was Second Harvest did a survey and it was um, what items do individuals who come to food shelves, what do they want? The number one response was fresh produce. So thanks to this congregation, this church, um, and some of our other partners, we are still able to say, take whatever you'd like in the produce section. Yeah, that's um, cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so we uh, decided a couple of years ago we could be a blessing to the community by, uh, by planting a community garden. And, uh, and so we've, we did that, and the first year didn't go great. But this year, uh, the, the team uh, worked diligently and, and uh, provided that environment. Now it's uh, grown big. So, so what, how have you used uh, what we've grown out there? Yeah. So, um, yep, I did the math this morning. Uh -huh. um, this year, the garden here produced 726 pounds of produce. 
Um, and that's still going because I've heard that produce is still being harvested. Yeah, the green and beans are still growing. The, yeah. <laughs> and I think they need volunteers to go pick them. Um, but yeah, I was talking to Merck in between the services and because I didn't pull the numbers from last year, but he thought it was like 190, yeah. just under 200 pounds last year. Mm -hmm. So almost four times as much produce this year as was grown last year. Yeah. Yeah. And that really keeps in trend, and we're so thankful um, because we've also seen a huge increase in the number of individuals that we're serving in our demand. Um, this is the one thing I need my glasses for. Um, so last year in August, we served 359 families. This year, 716 families. And everybody is welcome to come two times a month. So we did 510 total services, full shopping experiences last year, um, to 1,016 this year. Yeah, so it's so, Yeah, double. We're doubling the amount of people. So, um, you know, to see the produce come in and quadrupling your produce makes it so we can continue to meet the need. Yeah, and, and we've been involved in some other ways, yeah. too. Tell us. Yeah. about that. So this summer, we also have a partnership with, um, it was five organizations, the school district, ourselves, Mikasa, A Better Society, and the county. And summer, people think that the holidays are our busiest time of year, and it's actually summertime, because um, that's when kids are home, and that's not when they're, that's, you know, they're not receiving their meals at schools. Yeah. So we've put together something called Free Produce Market, and up at Chaska Middle School West, once a week, uh, we had tables just full of fresh produce and other basic necessities too. There were proteins and dairies and other items as well. Um, so that was a collaboration between all five organizations and your church um, financially helped support that program. So thank you um, at a time of great need for these families. And then upcoming, um, I forget what the official name is, but they're, the Trick youth are trick-or-treating. For the food shelf. For the food shelf. That's what it's called. So there's, okay. <laughs> so there's going to be one week in October where the youth go around to all the different neighborhoods and collect, are collecting food for the food shelf. So um, this church is amazing. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Well, we talked last week that, that we want to be a blessing to the world. And, and one of the groups of people that Jesus identified is, uh, is the hungry. And, uh, and so his heart is to to feed and, and clothe them. So thank you for yeah, being here. Absolutely. Thanks. Thank you thank for having us. Yeah. Thank you for your support. Yeah. Great. Well, let me pray for her before we go. Yeah. <laughs> Father, I thank you for Patty and, and her important work here in this community. And I just pray uh, for her. I just pray that you would uphold her, that you would uh, uh, Give her strength as she does this important work. And I just pray your blessing on her that you'd multiply the efforts and, and people who are hungry, who are struggling, the, the folks that are working and still can't make ends meet. I just pray for them that this could be a, a, a safe place for them, that, that they can uh, still have dignity and, and, uh, and, and still meet their needs. So, Lord, we pray for... Uh, bountiful basket and we pray your blessing on it and we thank you for our partnership and and uh, how we can can be a blessing to the people around us so we thank you for this and pray this in jesus name amen thank you patty yeah great to have you here well good well i'd like to greet um the folks online as well forgot to do that so we're glad uh that you've joined us online as well. And we're continuing our series.
today on heartbeat, on, on what we believe is the real heartbeat of this church and what we think is significant. And, and I just, as I was preparing this, I, I thought about the interview with Patty and, and our, our garden, and, and it was kind of fun because the first year we, we tried the garden and, and uh, a, a few things grew, and, uh, but it wasn't real successful. And, uh, and, and the team was determined to do better this year. And so they analyzed kind of what went wrong. And they, they really thought that the, the environment wasn't conducive for growth because the soil was too clay. And so what they did was they brought in a bunch of sand, they brought in topsoil, they mixed it all together. And because they created the right environment, the garden grew this year in a way that it didn't grow last year. But what happened was they created the right environment and growth happened naturally. And that happens with kids too. That, that as you create the right environment of nutrition, of health, of safety and security for your kids, that they grow naturally. Parents don't try to control their kids' growth. They try to control the environment around those kids so growth will happen naturally. So it's the same with plants, with children, with, with animals. Animals grow naturally if they're provided the right environment. Here's a picture of our dog with our daughter. And you can see he was a puppy, but we provided the right environment for him and look what happened. He grew and he developed. He's 55 pounds and he's strong too. But, but he grew naturally because we provided the right environment for him. And, and like I said, we're, we're continuing our series called Heartbeat. And today we want to focus on, on spiritual growth, on transformation, on how do we grow spiritually. And again, it, it's about the right environment. When we create the right environment, spiritual growth, spiritual transformation happens naturally. And that's the way God intended it. And we've talked about, in our Heartbeat series, the first week we talked about how we want to have lost people found, found people growing, and growing people serving and contributing, being a blessing. Last week we talked about being a blessing to, to people and, and, and the folks that's really on Jesus' heart. And this week we, we want to talk about that growth. How does that happen? Because we are, are passionate about people growing. We're passionate about spiritual transformation. One of our values is to say we want to see life change. We want to see people take steps to follow Jesus and take steps to grow and develop him. And so we got to ask ourselves, how does that happen? Well, we got to create the environment first of connection because we'll change 
as we're connected to Jesus. We'll change us as we remain in him. The right environment for spiritual growth is connection with Jesus. And we've said that, that we're committed to that. We've said that, hey, as a church, we've said, come as you are. We want to welcome you. We want to uh, accept you. We want you to be a part of what we're doing. Come as you are. But once you're here, don't, don't stay as you are. You know, take those steps to follow Jesus, to stay connected to him. Because it's in that connection that's the right environment for growth. Look at how Jesus said it in John 15, 4 and 5. He says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine. You're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So Jesus said, hey, the way that you grow and develop is stay connected to me. And you say, well, how does that happen? Well, well first Jesus said, I also must remain in you. He said, I I also must remain in you. And you go, well, what does that mean? Well, it means that that we have to surrender our lives to him. If we're going to remain in Jesus, if we're going to stay connected to him, we have to surrender ourselves to Jesus. And what that means is just say, God, I I don't want to run my own life. I I don't want to call the shots. I want you to call the shots. I want you to lead me and guide me. I want you to direct me. So the way that that he remains in us is kind of a passive thing where we say, I I surrender to you. I let go. I'll give you the throne of my life. I'll let you take control. And that's how God remains in us. And really, when he remains in us, it's like people who like strong, hot tea, okay? So now people who like weak tea, they kind of just take the bag and dip it in and then pull it out real quick, okay? But the people who like really strong tea, they drop that bag in the hot water and they just let it sit in there. And they just let it sit in there. And it's so cool as you watch it because you see the water transform. Because the bag is remaining in the water. It's connecting to the water. And you watch it and it gets darker and darker and darker. Because the bag is remaining in the water. And that's what Jesus says that we're to do with him. That we're to allow him into our life. We're to give him that first place in our life. And as we do that, the waters begin to change. There's growth, there's transformation, there's development. 
we get stronger and stronger, just like that tea. But we have to give him that, that throne of our lives. We have to give him ourselves and allow him to be first place in our life. There's a verse in Romans 12 where Paul says, hey, in view of God's mercy, offer yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to him. And that's what we are. When you allow God to have that first place in your life, you're giving yourself as a living sacrifice. You're saying, God, I want you to have all of me. I want you to connect with me. I want you to abide in me. I give you first place in my life. But I've heard it said that the only problem with living sacrifices is that they keep crawling off the altar, okay? And they, they keep pulling themselves off the altar, and that's what we do. And the biggest problem with us surrendering to God and allowing him to have that first place in our life is that we keep pulling it back. We keep crawling off the altar. And we keep saying, no, no, I think I want to run my own life here. I think I want to do this my way. I think I know better. And this happens to all of us. It happens to me a number of times every day where I just kind of take over and say, no, I want to do it. And, and it's my sinful lower nature that, that takes over. And the results are predictable. And, and, and I go my own way and, and I sin and I screw up. And I get to the end, I look back and say, why did I do it that way? And I got to go back to God and confess my sin, receive his forgiveness, and say, God, no, I want you to be on the throne of my life. I want to surrender anew. This isn't a one-time surrender. It's a continual one. And what we have to do is not believe the lie that God won't forgive us this time. But that God will really want to get us this time. That he's tired of us making those same choices. And he won't forgive. He won't restore. That's a lie. That, that's not who Jesus is. That's not his heart toward us. Because his heart toward us is warm. In Matthew 11... Jesus says this about himself. He says, hey, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Then he says this, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. See, that's who Jesus is. He's gentle, he's humble in heart. He's for us. He's on our side. He knows about our weaknesses, about our failure, about our stumbles. And so he'll forgive, he'll restore, he'll come back and take that first place in our lives as we surrender it to him. And as we do that more and more, that creates the environment 
for growth to happen. That creates the environment for transformation to happen. So Jesus says that he has to remain in us. But he also says, in John 15, he says, remain in me. And that's really the active side of this. So not only do we need to surrender to him, but we need to make an effort to stay connected to him. And that's the second point. That that we'll see change happen by making the effort to stay connected to him. And this is the active part that, that we gotta focus on. We got to actively stay connected to him. We got to actively abide in him or remain in him. We have to actively do that. And this is counterintuitive because all through your life, whatever endeavor you decided to take on, it, it was all about you working to make it happen, okay? If you want to be a better athlete, what do your coaches tell you? You got to work at it. You got to put forth the effort. You got to get after it. Okay, if you want to do better in school, you don't skip classes. You don't not study, but you put the work in. And then you'll be successful in job performance. Same thing, you gotta work at it. Everything that we want to accomplish in our life, people tell you you gotta earn it, you gotta do it, you gotta work at it. But spiritual transformation is so counterintuitive because if you try that, it doesn't work. Have you ever set off to say, Man, I'm going to be a loving person. I want to grow in being a loving person. I get irritated too quickly at people. I get angry at them for their fallacies. I just want to be a loving person. And so I'm going to try really hard to be a loving person. And I try and I try, and those people still irritate me. You know what I mean? People still bug me. And nothing happens. Because I'm trying to do it myself. And spiritual transformation, we can't do it ourselves. What we got to do is create an environment that allows God to work. And that environment where he works is that we not only allow Jesus to abide in us, but we need to remain in him. We need to be active in staying connected to him. See, that still takes effort, but, but it's not effort that we're trying to do it ourselves, but it's effort to stay connected to him. It's like, we, we don't need to work harder. We need to work smarter. And not put the effort in to try to change ourselves, but put the effort in to try to stay connected to Jesus. And when we do that, God works. The Spirit moves in us. And and change begins to happen. So it's not 
us working harder to change ourselves, but it's us staying connected. And that's why spiritual practices are so important. Because spiritual practices help us stay connected to God. Prayer, Bible study, reading, connecting in church on Sunday morning, small group experiences. I mean, there's all kinds of spiritual practices, but spiritual practices aren't the end, okay? God doesn't give you points for how many quiet times you have, okay? He doesn't do that for how many times you pray. No, those are just means to an end, and the end is that we remain in Christ. The end is that we stay connected to Jesus. And as we stay connected, the transformation happens. The change happens. So we got to figure out what are those spiritual practices that, that really help us stay connected? What are those things that we need to do consistently and consciously to stay connected to Christ? I mean, Jesus did this in his own life. There's a little small verse. This is kind of thrown in there in, in Luke 5. It's after a story. And it says this. It says, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So it's just, And then it goes on and starts talking about another story. But I love this verse because it says, okay, Jesus often withdrew to a lonely place. And prayed there. That's what he did. He did it often. He did it regularly. It was part of his consistent way of living. Because in that time of getting away from the crowd, in that time of him praying, that's when he stayed connected to the Father. And he gave us an example. That's the kind of environment we need to create in our own life. Where we stay connected to the Father. Stay connected to Him. So what is it in your life that helps you stay connected to Jesus? What are those practices? Are, are you doing them? Because that's the effort that it takes. It's not about passively sitting around, but, but we got to put some effort into it. But it's not effort to change ourselves. It's simply effort to stay connected to the Father. Because as we stay connected, God works and moves. And I love what Jesus said at the end of, of Luke 15.5. Look what he says. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, he wasn't talking about that we couldn't do anything. We can do a lot of things. Well, what Jesus was talking about there is that we can't do anything to produce fruit in our life. We can't do anything to produce change or transformation. We can't do that ourselves. What we can do is stay connected to him. 
And then the third point is that we allow him to produce fruit, the character change in our own life. And in John 15, 4 and 5, it says this. It says that if you remain, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Now, what is fruit? Well, in in the Old Testament, fruit's talked about kind of character building. It's talked about justice and treating the poor right. And and it's about our character. So in the New Testament, it, it talks about bearing fruit is that we would change and become Christ-like. That we would grow more and more so our character would be like Jesus. And in fact, in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit. It's the fruit that, that the Spirit wants to produce in our lives. And it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. Now, forbearance, other translations say patience. I like patience better, but that's what it's talking about. And all those qualities are our character qualities that we all want in our lives. But the Spirit produces them. And we have to allow the Spirit to do that in our lives. Because Jesus said, if you remain in me, if I remain in you, then you'll bear much fruit. The Spirit will do that in our lives. He is the one that that makes that happen. And and it's not about perfection. It's not about, hey, I once wasn't patient and now I am patient. And I'm all done with that quality. No, it's not about perfection. It's about progress. Spiritual growth is about progress. So we can say, it's not about I wasn't patient, now I'm patient, but it's about I'm more patient now than than I was five years ago. Or I'm more patient now than than I was a year ago. And and I'm not where I want to be, but I'm also not where I was. And Christ has done that in my life as I've been able to stay connected to him. That's the fruit. And that's what we're passionate about here at this church, that the people would grow, that the people would develop, that the people would experience the the transforming work of Jesus. And sometimes that's hard to see in our own life because we focus on our failures. We focus on where we're not at instead of where we came. And that's why we need other people in our lives to say, hey, you've made some changes. Hey, you didn't react the way that you usually react. There's some change in your life. Because when we hear that, Uh, There's such an encouragement around that. 
and, and we can see God active in our lives. And that's when the Christian life just becomes exciting because we can actually change. We can't change ourselves. But, but as we stay connected, God will change us. God will do that. That's his promise. That we'll bear much fruit. And if you read on in, in chapter 15, it, it says that, that that's what he created us to do. That we would go and bear much fruit and, and that God would be honored. That, that's what he wants. That, that's the plan. And what we need to do is remain in him, is abide in him, is stay connected to him. And as we do that, transformation will come. And that's why we want to do activities outside of Sunday morning to help people connect with Christ. And one of the primary ways we do that is through small groups. Because small groups are a small community. And it's great to gather together as a large group. I think this is important. But, but small groups are also important so you can dialogue, so you can connect. So that you can share and, and there'll be a community of people that can love and encourage you. And so if you have your bulletin, I just want to point out a couple of those small groups. We have a little small group flyer in your bulletin. And on the front, we have four groups that are already meeting, okay? And we have more than that that are meeting, but these are the groups that will take more, that are in, in a position to take more people in. We have other groups that are meeting that, that they're not in that position right now. But I encourage you to look over these small groups and, and, and jump in. There's a couples without kids group. There's a new creation recovery group. And that's just not for people that are addicted. That's for anybody who has a habit or a hang-up that they just can't get over. And, and that group helps and supports each other as they work through the 12 steps. It's a great group. There's a men's group that meets every Saturday morning that might be something for you. And, and then on the back side are the new small groups. And this taste of small groups are for people who are saying, eh, I'm not really sure, but I want to be in a small group. I don't know the Bible very well. I want anybody to call on me. <laughs> and, uh, I don't want to pray out loud. And, and, and so we're doing just a six-week taste of small group. So just to tip your, dip, dip your toe in there, and, and I'm leading that. And, and that might be a group that, that you can step into. Chad Miller's leading a, a group on the spirit of the disciplines, a book by Dallas Will all about spiritual growth. Greg Cop's leading a, a, a small group, of just a couple's group uh, around this idea of, of, uh, of in this divisive world, how can we disagree but without being disagreeable? How do we love each other in that? And then the last one is just the whiteboard Bible study. And if this, this is for you that don't know much about the Bible and, and they're going to take the New Testament, just kind of do a survey of that. And that's a great group. And that might be something for you. But, but I'd encourage you to take a step into these groups. 
It's a way that helps us connect with God. It's a way that creates that environment for for spiritual growth and, and transformation to happen. So I'd encourage you to look into these and contact these leaders. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you that you're a God who loves us. You're a God who's patient. And you're a God who wants to transform us into people like your son. God, I just pray that we can be a people that have a passion to connect with you and to allow you to abide and remain in us. And we pray this 